Hey everybody, welcome back. My name is Seth Weiner. I am your Rocktioneer, and you're tuned into Coffee Connections Insights with innovators in the nonprofit world. And today we're going to Savannah. Well, I'm here in Atlanta, but we're going to Savannah. Uh, and speaking of Savannah, I don't know why I say speaking of Savannah, but I, I think I'm thinking of travels. I just got back from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, did this music festival called Memphis. We, we raised uh, well over $50,000 for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. St. St. Jude does amazing, amazing work. This One of the stats that um, that they shared with me just is mind-blowing. Since St. Jude started, right, and it's not that long ago, we were talking, you know, what, a couple decades, the, ch the rate for success with children uh, with that have cancer get uh, from they went from a twenty percent success rate to almost over it's right under ninety percent or right around there so that is just incredible uh, just goes to show you that when you put money into an organization and it's a good organization like the one we have here today uh, it, money is well spent and has a lot of effect uh, so let me jump into uh, what we're doing who we're who we have on the show today. Uh, today we've got both Catherine and Abby with Safe Shelter. Now Safe Shelter, uh, their mission, uh, for the mission of Safe Shelter Center for Domestic Violence Services, it is to prevent domestic violence, protect victims and promote change in lives, families in their community. And their community is Savannah. Since 1979, Safe Shelter has been Savannah's only shelter dedicated to victims of uh, intimate partner violence, and their underage children. They're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The shelter provides safe, confidential services to all victims of domestic violence. So uh, let me go ahead and bring to our program here, uh, and please uh, join me in welcoming both Abby and Catherine. Hello, ladies. How are y'all? Hey, Seth. How are you? Hey. I am Thanks for wonderful. having us. It is Good. a pleasure to have you all. Uh, before we jump into it, though, are you all coffee drinkers? We are indeed. We're ready. Oh, look at that. Yep. All right. Well, tell us about the mugs. For Seth, we've got you <laughs> on our in our minds here in Savannah with us. And, of course, go dogs. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. I'm glad to... Uh, I wonder what the S really stands for, though. <laughs> for you. For Seth, of course. Uh, well, I, you warm my heart. Um, so, listen, if... Uh, you drink coffee in those mugs. Are you? Do you enjoy coffee? Are you both like into coffee? Or are you more of a tea person? I'm a big coffee drinker. I can't. I don't go a day without it. So yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm here and there. I like coffee, but it's not something that I have to have every morning. So <laughs> now, if I walked into the office, is it going to smell like coffee? Yes, one hundred percent. All right, all right. Well, uh, and, and if you're going to drink coffee out and about, what's your favorite? Uh, you're more of an iced coffee? I mean, Savannah, I'm thinking it gets hot. So are we talking iced coffee or have we made Dunkin the shift Donuts, in the fall? Dunkin' Donuts, iced coffee, yes. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. The Dunkin' Donuts. Now, you know you use the app and you get the uh, you get all the free rewards. I love their free. They, they really bring, they suck you in, don't they? They do. You know, in Savannah, it's still 90 degrees in October, so yeah, we'll coffee. be drinking iced coffee for the rest of the year. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into it, folks. Uh, I'm going to hand the mic over to you ladies to uh, tell everyone a little bit more about Safe Shelter. 
Sure. Okay. So um, first of all, my name is Abby Garrett. I'm the community outreach specialist here at Safe Shelter. Um, so we are a domestic violence shelter located in Savannah, Georgia. Um, we service all of Chatham County and any victim of domestic violence. Um, we have a 48 bed shelter facility. So we're actually one of the largest in the state of Georgia. And um, we also have a follow-up program where we can, once the client has come through the shelter and they leave the shelter, um, we can follow that client for up to two years, still providing services to them, whether they need, um, you know, housing items or just a little case management or a connection, they're having problems with their benefits. Um, we can follow them for up to two years in that follow-up program. So that is really, really cool. Um, and then we also have a legal advocacy program. So an outreach office um, that is in a um, public location where if a victim doesn't necessarily need shelter, but they still need assistance with like a temporary protective order um, or other, you know, legal situation that they may face as a victim of domestic violence, we can provide those services to them at the outreach office. I muted myself there. That That's uh, <laughs> amazing. Um, 48 beds. Did, um, do you, did you ever outgrow that? And, and if so, how do you handle that? We do. So unfortunately, you know, we do see that happen where that 48 is just not enough. Um, and we are committed to never turning a victim away. So if we are, you know, maxed out, we've got 48 beds completely full. What we do at that point is we actually pay for the new client to stay in a hotel until we have room in the shelter to bring them in. Um, so that's, you know, something that is very important to us. We'll never turn a victim away. We want to make sure that they have somewhere safe to stay until uh, we can make room in the shelter for them. Yeah. And nice. Seth, just to add to that, um, mm -hmm. I know we'll talk about fundraising in a little bit, but that's something, you know, we have to pay for out of pocket. So, you know, all the funds we can get, um, every single dollar goes to use. And that's just one example of, you know, what we're paying for. Now, are you also paying for the legal fees? These, I mean, because I know if you've ever yeah, dealt so, with a lawyer, be yeah. So with the temporary protective orders, um, those are completely free of charge to the clients that come through us. And then we get them connected to another resource in our area, um, but Georgia Legal, and they will provide a pro bono attorney for them um, for the hearing. And if for whatever reason um, they don't have an attorney available to do that, then we will get an attorney for them to be represented during their uh, temporary protective order hearing. Wow. And um, do you have a lot of attorneys that are doing pro bono work for you all or... Yeah. We, we are very fortunate and we have a very um, small group of attorneys that we could call, um, uh, you know, the drop of a hat if we need something. They're there to either, you know, give advice or if they need to represent somebody in a, you know, an emergency hearing, then we have people that we can call um, here in our area. We're very fortunate to have those connections with some attorneys that will, will do that for us. And you said that Savannah's got a high rate. Um, I'm curious, is it a higher percentage than uh larger cities or is it pretty average or what's what's the climate there so i would say um we are pretty on average with the state um as far as domestic violence victims now um people think of us you know you think of savannah you think kind of small town area but what people don't realize is that we are you know of course at a smaller scale but we are comparable to atlanta in the sense that we um our demographics are different here you know we're the only one of the other cities in Georgia. Um, and so we have public transportation. There's a lot of shelters mm -hmm. in the state that don't have access to public transportation because of where they're located. Um, but we have, you know, I would say we're pretty on average with the amount of calls that we get um, for domestic violence victims in our area. And we do have the second biggest shelter in the entire state um, 
after Atlanta, just to add to that. So now, if let's say Atlanta was, I mean, if they're full, they're probably doing the same thing that you're doing and with hotels. But do you take <clears throat> other folks from other areas as well and shelter them? They just want, like, they're afraid for their lives, so they're going to like leave their city. And yeah, absolutely. And and we also, you know, domestic violence shelters in the state. Um, you'd be amazed at the network that we have um, to assist with those sorts of things. Um, you know, let's say a client is experiencing domestic violence in Atlanta and they're, you know, terrified that he's out looking for them. Then we would partner with whatever shelter they're currently affiliated with and get them transferred here so that they can start a life away from that same area um, where their abuser may be living. And what about the kids and the, and, and mental health uh, issues and this sort of stuff? How, how are you handling, handling that when, when, a, when a family comes over like yeah. So when we have a family that comes in uh, with children, which is, you know, fairly often, um, we have a great child advocate on staff who works directly with them to make sure all of their needs are met. Um, there are certain laws in Georgia that will allow a child that's experiencing domestic violence to actually stay in their same school so that they don't have to completely uproot um, and start over somewhere else. So um, if that family decides that, you know, they love the school, obviously didn't love the home life, but love the area that they were in and those children can continue to go to school there. Um, and our child advocate will work with one of the school liaisons that will work out transportation, getting them to and from school so that they can stay in that area um, that they're already comforted. in. you know, they're already going through so many changes just by coming into a shelter and leaving their home, um, you know, having to explain what's going on uh, between parents. And so um, once they're here, that being able to stay in the same school is a big, big morale booster for the children. Um, and then we also have a counselor on staff who will um, provide counseling services to those families. And what's the, uh, what's the origins? Where did, how did this organization come to be? Well, there were four local women um, in the 1970s and they realized, you know, there was no place, no safe place for victims of domestic violence and their children to go. Um, so it was established in 1979. Um, we're actually in 2001, we're in the facility we are in now is when we moved here. Um, so we've been around for about 43 years, um, you know, through a lot of dedication and volunteers. Um, this community is amazing. And, you know, without their support, we wouldn't be able to do what we do every day. So. And can you explain a little bit more about how abuse is seen because I think that there, the conception most people have is, is, you know, abuse is someone getting physically beaten, but there's more to it than that. And, and maybe you can shine some light on that. Sure. Absolutely. So you're exactly right, Seth. When people picture domestic violence, they picture women in particular with black eyes um, and being super submissive and not having a voice. Um, and so but people don't realize that domestic violence is so much more than that. Um, domestic violence is a cycle of control. It's all about power and control. Um, it doesn't always have to be physical. Um, sometimes it's just emotional, you know, putting somebody down constantly, making them feel like they're nothing, um, making sure that they're cut off from their resources. So that means, um, you know, they've caused so many fights between family members or whatever that that victim no longer feels that she has a connection to a family member to get out. Um, you know, and, and when I emphasized earlier, people picture women. I want you to understand that it's not just women that experience domestic violence. You know, at times there are men as well um, that experience domestic violence. And we have seen an increase recently in the men that we, are been, we have been assisting, um, as well as same-sex couples. We've been seeing an increase in that lately. And I don't know if that's just because 
people are more comfortable to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, express that that's their, their lifestyle or, um, you know, if it, if it is happening at a higher rate, but we are definitely seeing um, more victims of, of, of everyone, not, not just women that are coming in um, to, to get our services. And as I was saying, you know, there's the physical violence, there's the emotional violence, there's financial um, abuse that happens, you know, when those paychecks are coming in, the abuser is in control of all of that money. She doesn't have ways to leave. Um, there's also threats that hold women in place. So, you know, threatening, if you ever leave me, then I'm going to tell everybody you're crazy and you'll never see your kids again. Um, you know, threatening to harm the pets. You know, we talk about that every now and again. Um, those abusers will come up with ways to threaten the women um, or men, you know, to if you ever leave me something bad is going to happen to your animal, um, you know, to your beloved little pet. And so there's all sorts of types of abuse that occur. Um, And so when you think of domestic violence, there's so many barriers. It's not just he hurts me physically. You know, there's a there's a lot deeper roots that go go with domestic violence. And what about um, the education to prevent the violence from ever happening? How are you are you all? just dealing with violence happened, now we deal? Or do you have education programs mm-hmm. in place in schools or wherever to to help folks not only realize that they might be in an abusive relationship and how to get out of it before it gets worse, but uh, you know, for the, the, the abuser to realize that they're being abusive. Maybe they don't even realize they're being abusive when it comes to emotional abuse and because it's not all physical, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we pre-COVID had a great program where we were going into the schools, you know, COVID kind of changed all of that up for us a little bit. Um, But we were going into the schools, particularly in the middle schools where, um, you know, you start seeing those dating relationships, those, you know, interests are flying around and really explaining that, you know, these controlling behaviors, like he says, he goes through your phone because he loves you so much. Um, That's not normal and that's not healthy. That's not okay. Um, So, you know, we, we host those classes for males and females, um, you know, explaining to them that these little things that that start, they start now, they start early um, in what they accept as love and what they project as love, you know. Um, and so we do have, uh, you know, awesome training courses um, that we go into the schools and we'll work with the children um, on healthy boundaries is what we call it. The whole program is healthy boundaries. Um, and then we also have awareness pieces. So, you know, any event that we can find to go to, like talking with you today to spread awareness about domestic violence, we participate. We're very happy to share, um, you know, any any news that we can, you know, spread the word about domestic violence and, and the services that we offer to try to, um, you know, first of all, prevent those things from happening and then also to help when when it does happen. That's and then no. I wanted to add, um, sorry, Seth, um, no, talking about education and, you know, starting them early in middle school, our director, Cheryl Branch, um, she always says, I really, you know, I truly believe this is a learned behavior. She's been here long enough to see second generations come in. Um, their mom was here, you know, when they were babies and now they're back because that's what they grew up seeing and thinking was normal and okay. Um, so the education piece is just so important. Um, and the younger, the younger the age, the better. Um, just wanted to put that on there. Yeah, that that's that's um I mean that's really sad that that's that's the tr- uh, that 
that is a truth, you know. Um, yeah. And like Abby said, it's a cycle. It's a vicious mm -hmm. cycle. Uh, well, now those kids know how to find you because they grew up, you know, exposed to you all. But how do you, how do folks typically find you? Very good question. So I think that comes from a lot of different areas. We're very fortunate that um, in the Savannah area, um, a lot of our community partners know of us. And so, you know, at our hospitals um, and in our schools, if, if, you know, they see families that are experiencing domestic violence or, you know, the woman does come into the hospital with, you know, um, signs of physical violence that has occurred to her, they, they know to refer to us, um, which is, you know, we get a lot of calls from the hospitals, um, which is sad, but also good that they know that, that we are here to help those victims. Um, again, school referrals at times we've had families come in through the school counselors and social workers that have made those referrals to us. Um, DFACs will also make referrals to us at times if they need to. Um, and then we also have like awareness posters out in the mm -hmm. community just with our information at um, you know, community centers, um, anywhere that we think that people may run across them is, is where we try, try to put our awareness out there because um, domestic violence doesn't care about you know, socioeconomic status or or anything like that. Domestic violence does not see boundaries and who mm -hmm. it affects. Um, so that's we try to reach as much of the community as we can. And we have a very um, close relationship with law enforcement um, here in Chatham County. So they know we're here. Um, you know, they they bring a lot of victims to us and um, they know how important it is for them to get help. So our relationship with them is extremely important. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And during COVID, did you see a bump in uh, domestic violence or, or is it more of post COVID when people were a little bit more comfortable of escaping their homes and whatnot? Yeah. So for us, um, it was kind of strange because you did see everywhere that during COVID those numbers were rising. Um, even Savannah police department, they were seeing an increase in calls about domestic violence. Um, our shelter though, actually, I think it stayed, our, our number stayed pretty solid. I don't think we saw a spike until the, the barrier started coming back down. So people were feeling a little bit more comfortable about being in a shelter setting. And at that point, we were, we had overflow in the hotel. Um, when COVID started, people were feeling a little bit more relaxed about COVID. Um, so with that, with that being said, I mean, our numbers were contrary to what the, average um, yeah, the average was, but when it picked up, it picked up, yeah. <laughs> we, we were back to normal for sure. Which, you know, we attributed to, um, you know, they're locked down. They can't go anywhere. You're spending more time together. Um, the financial stress, the children are in school, mm -hmm. um, just, you know, all those factors come in and um, we did end up seeing a bump in numbers. Um, yeah. But I think now we're kind of averaging out. Yeah. And I, I said post COVID, but I mean, we're not post COVID. We're just, no, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> we're definitely not. Unfortunately. Um, all right. Well, it takes a lot to run an organization like this. And uh, I'm cu curious. I mean, let's start by telling folks at home, go to safeshelter.org and you while there, consider making a donation. But outside of the donations that come in like that, where is your primary fundraising come from? Is it through uh, foundations or grants? Uh, tell a little bit a uh, little bit about that. Um, we do get some state funds, um, which are very helpful. The majority, 
of our fundraising comes from this community. Like I said, we cannot do this without them. Um, as you know, as our auctioneer, our annual gala is in November, and that is by far our biggest fundraiser of the year. Um, unfortunately, last year we had to cancel due to COVID, and that was kind of a big hit for us financially. So we are really looking forward to this year and kind of hoping we'll be back bigger and better than ever, um, you know, to get these funds and keep keep these doors open. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and um, so you have a lot of you mentioned some of the partners, uh, local support. So uh, what are some of the organizations or companies that um, that tend to really help support you all? Um, well, you know, us being in Savannah, we have Gulfstream here. Um, they're very supportive. We have the airport. We have um, Colonial Oil, just the big corporations. Um mm -hmm that are here in Savannah are very supportive of us. Um, and as they are, you know, all the nonprofits in Savannah get help um, from these corporations. So, you, And you mentioned corporations. So so I met this uh, volunteer that was helping out with an organization called Headcount. She lives in New York, and she was telling me that she was volunteering for Headcount at this festival because the company she works for, which is, what's the makeup company, L'Oreal? Is that it? Yeah. They have a... Um, corporate uh program that and gosh i'm killing it here but they it they'll double the money so like they'll double donations if she donated or if she donates her time they'll donate money and do you, do you have corporate partners like that are you seeing uh funds coming in through the you know these type of uh fundraising i say we are um a united way partner and i believe that they do some fundraising um along those lines and then you were very grateful that that will then get passed down to us as a united way partner um yeah. they have a big community fund um and they donate you know to all of their agencies um every year again with covid we didn't get as much as we wanted or needed last year um so we're hoping for you know a bigger amount this year um but all the help we can get corporations we have individual donors who are just as important and give just as much um so every dollar counts one dollar a hundred dollars um and you know at the scale we're hoping to raise close to three hundred thousand dollars that is our goal so we'll see how that goes and with the help of three, you <laughs> now I'm going to put you on the spot since you put me on the spot. No I'm kidding. Uh, my, my question is, what is the most innovative thing that you've done in the last year and a half, two years, so, you know, since, since the start of 2020 uh, that could be in fundraising or it could be in um, managing or a new program or an online thing? Is, is what comes to mind? What's the most innovative thing that you've all done? All right. So... That is a very loaded question <laughs> um, as far as being innovated. So if you, you know, I've got two pieces we can talk about. So um, fundraising last year, we had a, um, a, a local group that did a online concert for us, a benefit concert. Um, so that was very cool. Um, it was in place of our fund, uh, you know, of our biggest fundraiser, which is the annual gala. Um, and, you know, of course we were very thankful for all the funds that it brought in Um and it was very cool. It's still on our website if anybody wants to check it out. It's really neat. The Fabulous um, Equinox. Yeah, the Fabulous Equinox is a you know local group that put that on for us. And so it's really cool. Um, but one thing I will say about 
safe shelter that is innovative just in general and like our program in the domestic violence shelter realm um, is our length of stay. So in most shelters, the typical length of stay is about 30 days. So it's an, they consider it, you know, emergency basis. We're here to get you out, make sure that you're safe and then you move on to find your permanent housing on your own. Um, here at Safe Shelter, though, the typical stay is about 90 days, um, which is, you know, one month versus three months to get your life together. That's 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 a, a, a big jump of time. Um, and so with that, you know, typical 90 day stay, we make sure before they leave here that they've got somewhere to go. So we, we help them find that permanent housing um, prior to them leaving the shelter. And then, of course, you know, in case by case basis, if we need to extend that 90 days, we can do that as well. Um, so as far as innovative in the DV domestic violence field, that that is very different than most shelters in Georgia. Wow. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, well, this has all been great. Is there anything that we talk, overlooked uh, that you wanted to talk about that maybe we missed or you want to circle back to? Um, well, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, which is why we were so happy that you could fit us in. Um, this is kind of a national event. It brings together domestic violence advocates. Um, kind of a time, you know, we, we mourn victims, but we celebrate survivors. It's a time to spread awareness, um, to raise more funds. Just kind of, um, you know, something that we can use to spread awareness and, you know, tell everybody how important what we do is. Um, October 21st is Purple Day, and this is kind of a national movement. Um, wear purple, take your selfie. What's the hashtag? It's hashtag Purple Has Thursday. Purple Thursday. Yeah, Purple um, Thursday. And post on social media. Um, so that's going to be fun for us. And then, like we said, our gala is in November, um, which we're super excited about. We're working really hard and hope that is going to be a successful event for us. Excellent. And you can go to uh, safeshelter.org, folks, and uh, that's where you can get all this information. You can make a donation and also have a lot of resources and learn uh, about domestic violence. But also it's a good it's a good exploration to see maybe you are being violent. You don't even realize it. You know, <laughs> and we do have uh, uh, social media. So follow us, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, keep up with what we're doing every day around here. Excellent. Well, ladies, thanks so much for your time today. I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Uh, but before I let you go, is there another organization that you'd like to recommend to be a guest on Coffee Connections? Absolutely. Yeah. So we talked about this and we think this organization would be great um, to host. So when victims of domestic violence leave their abusive situations, they often um, don't know what they're going to do with their pets. So um, there's a really great organization here in Georgia called Ahimsa House. Um, they serve the whole state of Georgia and they are basically like um, pet foster care for domestic violence victims. So that victim gets to the shelter. Once they are here, we get them connected with Ahimsa House and they will uh, work with a network of vets office and boarding um Board, or no, boarding schools where they um rescue no just places that board pets oh like, they, like doggy daycare <laughs> yeah, basically yeah um so they board the pets um completely free of charge to the the client to make sure that their pet is in a safe place until they can be reunited once they leave the shelter so ahimsa house is a great organization that we we partner with awesome well, I look forward to chatting with them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. thank you so much 
Well, have a wonderful day. Hopefully it gets a little cooler in Savannah. Uh, But this is like, this is getting to, this is your month, Savannah. Like at the end of the month is when all the ghosts come out, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all so much, Uh, folks. We'll be back. Um, We're going to, it's pretty busy time of year. So we're cutting back to one episode a week. Uh, And and you could, and if you just need your fix of coffee connections, coffeeconnections.live, you can check out all 50 plus episodes. Uh, So have a wonderful day. Again, thank you, ladies. And thank you so much for having us. Thank you.